Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Today, I'm excited because I have with me Diego Granados. Diego is a Fuqua MBA alum, as well as a product manager and someone who is not only very passionate about product management, but someone who lives and breathes it every day in terms of being an actual product manager. And so today, uh, I'm going to talk to Diego a little bit about product management, just in terms of his journey into product management as an MBA alum, as well as just what he's learned after being not only being a product manager, but literally sharing insights, experiences, engaging with other product managers, collaborating with them. Diego's got a plethora of content that he's shared uh, so generously in a number of different channels, and we're going to talk to him about that. But when it comes to product management and MBAs, uh, Diego's the the guy you want to talk to, which is why I'm glad I have him on here today. So let's just jump right in. So Diego, first and foremost, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to dig in and chat. I always enjoy chatting with you. But before we get too deep into product management, we'd just love to know a little bit about you. And so my favorite question to warm up with, or one of them is, I would love to know from you, what's one of your, what's your favorite book? and And why is it your favorite book? Yeah, no, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me. It's always super exciting to talk to you and for everybody listening. Yeah, the MBA was definitely one of the best things that I've ever done. So I'm super excited, super happy to be here and to just share more about product management. I love that question, the favorite book. I have two. One is a personal favorite, and that is Ready Player One. I'm a huge gamer. I love science fiction. I love imagining the future and how all of these will evolve. And especially if it has to do with video games, I love that. And so it's just one of my my favorite topics to talk about besides product management. But then the other one, uh, speaking about the product management side or the more professional setting, is a book called The Design of Everyday Things. And it's a book that is going to get you obsessed with how badly designed are the doors in our everyday. You actually don't think about it. You, you don't think about it. You never notice them. But once you read the book, you can't stop looking at the doors and thinking, why is it so badly designed? So it's definitely a book that I recommend for anybody who's going into products. Those are great uh, examples. So thank you for sharing them. We'll make sure we link them in the show notes. And I have to say, as someone who I will readily admit, I don't read a lot. I read a lot of nonfiction. I don't read a lot of fiction. But uh, as someone who writes a lot, I've been told by a lot of other writers to really start reading more fiction or sci-fi or things because it's really helpful in terms of trying to come up with new ways of, of seeing things. And so I'm glad you brought something like the first book up. And I definitely agree with you. I'm looking as someone who is not great at or self-proclaimed not great at thinking about design. I have an appreciation for those that do, but I can definitely imagine reading that book and having a new way of seeing things in a way that you cannot unsee them. So thank you for sharing both of those. So let's just dive in. What were you doing before business school and why did you choose to get an MBA in the first place? Yeah, so I'm originally from Mexico. Mexico City is home for me. And before business school, so even though I do have an an engineering background, it's not software engineering, it's electric engineering. In Mexico, 
I actually didn't work as a software developer or an electronic engineer. I actually worked for five years in business intelligence consulting. It makes a little bit of both uh, worlds. It was, yes, I still work with data. I still work on my engineering side, but also I was learning about the customer side and just working with customers internationally, so building projects. And it was a really fun time for me. However, the biggest problem to me with the consulting lifestyle is that once you, say, finish a project, you start again. And, and and finishing the project is not seeing the completion of the project. It's just finishing whatever the customers actually paid you for, whether that was a short engagement of six months or one year or three months. You, you don't see from end to end. You just build the project and give it to the customer and hopefully it's going to be completed. And I wanted to see what happened afterwards. What happened when we analyzed their data, give them the results, and then how did the business execute on that? That was a piece that for me was missing. Up to this point, I didn't know anything about product management. So I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do after after being a business intelligence consultant. But that's what left me to start exploring what's next for me. And after thinking about it for a while, I thought, should I do a master's degree, say in computer science or something else, whatever it was. I really realized that another piece that I was missing is being an engineer and working with data, I was not part of the conversations that happen around business. So that means that I was not part of, say, the conversations or negotiations with customers. I was not understanding some key aspects of the business that had to do with marketing or strategy or finance. And that's what pushed me into thinking I need to study something that gives me those skills. And for me, it was the MBA to just round up my experience, my engineering background with the business skills. And again, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. But I knew that I wanted to have that experience as well. Thanks for sharing that. And as a former consultant, I can definitely appreciate what you had said about projects wrapping up and then moving on to the next thing and perhaps sometimes not seeing maybe the outcomes uh, or the implementation of what's happening. So you've alluded to it, I think, but I uh, would love to dig in a little bit deeper. It sounds like you, you weren't sure exactly what you were going to do, but how did you discover product management as potentially a field that you could pursue um, after your degree, and what really attracted you to wanting to become a product manager? When I joined business school, I think like the majority of my classmates and possibly most of the people who are going to business school, I only knew about very specific career options, such as consulting, management consulting. I think it's one of the big things. And coming from consulting, I knew that I wanted to continue in consulting because it was something that I liked. It was something familiar to me. But I wasn't sure exactly why I wanted to, to continue in consulting other than that. So I said, let me explore different options. Let me explore marketing, like operations, finance. Again, five years in consulting uh, before business school. That's all I knew for the type of work that I enjoyed. And I remember that during one of the very, very early presentations during business school, we had all these people coming from the tech companies. It was Twitter and Google and Facebook and Microsoft. And among the mix of, of alumni that, that were visiting campus, there were a few who talked about product management. And at the time, I wasn't sure exactly what it was. So I attended a few workshops uh, from the tech club. I spoke to my second years. And I did that because, like I said, I only knew about consulting lifestyle. I didn't know marketing, finance, or anything else. So I talked to everyone, as much as, as many people as I could. And what I did was I figured out, okay, what exactly do you do in marketing? What do you do in product management? What do you do in operations? Then I took my experience and said, these are the things that I enjoy the most about being in business intelligence consulting. And from what I'm hearing, these are the type of roles that I think I can enjoy. And product management ticked most of the boxes for me. And that's where I decided that I wanted to get deeper into what was product management. So it was not until I did my research, it was not until I joined business school that I actually started my career in product management. Thanks for breaking that down. Just to follow up there, 
how certain do you think you need to be, particularly in business school, about that role or function that you want to pursue? Because I, I think most MBA students know they, yes, they need to do their research. And yes, you don't have all the time in the world to explore all the things. At some point, you do need to focus. But how do you balance having some def definition of what it is you want to do versus acknowledging that sometimes it's hard to really know for sure? <laughs> That's a great question because I think reflecting today of what I would have done probably would be very different. But when you are there in the middle of absolutely everything that is happening, in my case, or in the case of many, coming to a new country, living for the first time, for many, even if you don't believe it, for the first time, many of us are living completely alone. And then on top of that, understand the rules of the country, the rules of the state, the rules of the school, meet people, get to know companies. There's just so many crazy things happening in the MBA that it's so exciting. Spending time to figure out what you have to do. If I say it today, I wouldn't have believed myself because I know I just didn't have the time. So here's reflecting back on what is something that I could actually would have done that I could have done better to figure out, do I need to know exactly what I want to do? So here's my answer to myself a few years ago. I would figure out this is the type of industry. I will start with that. This is the type of industry that I would like to join. And for me, that answer was tech. I knew that I really enjoyed technology. I knew that I really liked that fast-paced environment. I've always loved video games, like I said at the beginning, but also technology. So I knew that was for sure. After that, I talked about product management, but I could have gone into marketing or operations or finance. And looking forward a few years down the road, you can actually start in one role and then jump into another one. I think there's this big fear of, the first role that I'm going to get after business school is the decisive one. It's going to be the role that I'm going to spend the next X amount of years. When in reality, that changes really fast. I know it, it, the best advice could be, oh, you spend a lot of time thinking about it. It's impossible, in my opinion. But if you can narrow it down to say, these are the industries, just these are the things that I really want to work on, not necessarily the role, but at least the type of projects, I just think that's way better than nothing. <laughs> For sure. And I think you're right. And the thing that you and I know and many other alums know, as well as probably employers know, is that the first job out of business school for 99.5% of MBA graduates is not going to be the last one. It's probably not going to be the last career that you have, particularly if we assume that most MBA graduates are between the ages, roughly speaking, of 27 to 34. You got a long career ahead of you. And so I think to the point the the wrapper I would add around what you just said is is nailing an industry, but something you're genuinely excited about exploring for the next couple of years of your career. Because I do think it is sometimes hard to predict what can happen over the long run. But if we get to something that we feel good about, feel excited about, at least in the 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 short term, that can be enough. And hopefully that takes some of the pressure away from having to quote unquote figure it all out. Yeah. And if one I can thing and that, if I can have one Yeah, go ahead. Oh. If I can have one more thing, there was one moment for me in business school. Like I said, I really wanted to go into consulting because it's what I have done in the past. And I remember that I had one class, one of my first ones, where I, I we have one of the big consulting firms come into class to explain to us one of their projects. And at that moment, I was super excited because I was getting to know for the first time these people that I always thought, oh, they do such so cool work. I want to be a consultant like them in these big companies. And then they spoke about the case, which was very interesting how they solve it. But the case was about mattresses in the U.S. And for two years, they analyzed the, the market of mattresses, two years of, the, of their life analyzing this market. So I'm sure that they learned a lot. I'm sure that the techniques that they applied were fascinating and they can carry those into other industries. 
But that, that was the moment that when I decided I'm not going to spend two years analyzing the market of mattresses in the U.S. That's when I eliminated the factor of I want to go into consulting and I focused entirely on technology. Now, that being said, I'm not saying that's all they do, but I also think that was a good indication for me to know what I wanted to do after my MBA. I think that's a really great point. Okay, so speaking of the MBA, I know that you've written a little bit before about how while you can go to business school and break into product management. You also don't need an MBA to get into product management. And that's definitely something I've seen from my experience too, working in tech. But like I said, this is my, our audiences aren't MBA students for that matter. And so there are plenty of examples of ways in which you can break into product management through an MBA, you being one of those examples. But I would love for you to maybe just talk a little about this because I know you've written about this before and it's definitely a question that comes up from time to time. What are your thoughts and just in terms of product management and the MBA and what you think about that? Absolutely. I think the big confusion is that people think that you need to get an MBA to break into product management. And that's where the confusion starts because a lot of people decide, oh, if I want to break into MBA, therefore I need an MBA. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I think I, I messed that up. I think the confusion is if I want to break into product management, I need my MBA. And, and that's where the confusion really is. If you want to start an MBA because you want to enhance your business skills, because you want other career opportunities, I think that's amazing. And you should do that because of those reasons. And here's why because even if you do everything to break into product management, and it, it, we're talking about starting an MBA and you do everything to break into PM and it doesn't work, then what's your plan B? Right? You can't simply go blindly into an expensive MBA thinking that your only option is product management. I think that's where the confusion starts. Now, that being said, I believe that the MBA also adds a lot of value to some of us, especially if you have a technical background or if you don't have a business background, it will give you those skills that every PM has to apply in our day-to-day -day jobs from strategy, marketing, finance concept, um, and also the more cases you analyze to understand how businesses make decisions, it's just going to give you a different perspective once you go into your favorite company and, and you're a product manager and you need to make decisions as well because you can, from time to time, I always remember, oh, I remember that we saw this case and that company did X, Y, and Z. Can we do something similar? Can I apply some of those lessons? It's not like I carry around my notebooks. It doesn't happen every day, but it definitely happens. So if you're studying an MBA to become a product manager, I would say, yeah, congratulations on, on studying an MBA, but study it because you want to become better. You want to have those skills. And if product management doesn't work right away, it's not the end of the world or not the end of the world. You can still be a product manager. Just think about all the skills that you're going to gain. And, and like I said, I think the confusion is more about people tend to think that the best way or the easiest way or the only way to break into product management is an MBA, when in reality is study an MBA because you want to learn more and then become a product manager. Yeah, I, I think that's a great uh, that's a great nuance to tease out. And I'm glad you articulated that. And maybe just a, a follow-up on that question is so obviously in the MBA program, the, one of the, the marquee kind of events is that summer internship, right? And so that's an obvious way that someone who's in business school, who is recruiting for product management can get a, a sense of what product management is like, as well as building those skills to eventually become a product manager after business school. But outside of that internship, what are other things that MBA students can do better explore the discipline of product management and to hopefully make them a more effective and more valuable product management candidate and really build those skills so that uh, they can land a product management opportunity after they graduate? 
Yeah, I think one very important thing is networking. I think for everything, but speaking about sure. product management, is of course networking with your second years, networking with alumni, networking with people in the industry, because you want to really understand the job. What does it entail to be a product manager day to day in your favorite company? Researching is the best thing that you can do, and 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 you can do that. Once again, yes, for sure, you can read books, you can watch videos, you can do all of that. But there's nothing like networking and, and hear directly from the PMs what they do, what's their day-to-day -day like, and that's your goal. So that's one thing that you can do. Another thing that you can do is think about, for example, I was living in Durham. And in Durham, in, in North Carolina, there's a ton of startups. And I actually didn't think about this, but I would have actually probably done this, regardless of the outcome that it worked for me to become a PM right after business school. I would have still done this, which is volunteer. All of these startups in whichever town you live or around for business school, all of these startups need product managers and they just don't have the maybe the money to pay for a full-time PM, but they can, you know, I'm sure they'll gladly accept a volunteer or where you can become a PM part-time, maybe a few hours on the weekend and just help them. And that's going to give you not only the experience, but it's also going to give you what you need in your resume to say, hey, I was a PM, volunteer PM for this startup, local startup, and I helped them build, launch the product or whatever it is that you help them with. So that's also something that you can do. Now, the, the, the other thing that I, that I think was really is useful for me is make sure that you are very close to the tech club. If there's no tech club, then it's the time to start one, but make sure that you really follow the tech club because they have all the experience. Uh, for example, I volunteer every year to mentor people from Fuqua, and I'm sure a lot of alumni uh, from different schools do the same. So definitely don't stay away from the clubs. Don't stay away from reaching out to people. Use the network, use your school. There's just so many resources out there. The worst thing that you can do is just following your own path alone and trying to break into product management. It's probably not gonna leave you anywhere. Yeah, thank you for sharing those. Those are great examples and uh, absolutely take advantage of all the resources that are there for you. Absolutely work with your peers, second years, folks in the local community, the broader university as well. Uh, and just given, I think at many MBA programs now, the preponderance of startups that are affiliated with the university, I think there's always companies out there that are looking for help and always opportunities to plug into in some kinds of ways. And coming also from an MBA program in, in Chapel Hill on the, the Raleigh, Raleigh Durham and Chapel Hill area, there are just endless companies in the broader tech ecosystem there that you have access to. One other thing I wanted to bring up is just, and something that maybe I'm dating myself here, but I know I didn't have, and you may have had a little bit of this, but maybe not, is just the opportunities to engage in a digital world and mm -hmm. communities and online and in other or function functional associations or organizations that exist out there that I don't think necessarily existed before. And yes, like we've had Facebook groups since God knows how long, but uh, <laughs> there's a lot more professional communities that exist today. I know you're a part of many of these. I know I am as well in various capacities, but those are really exciting opportunities to get engaged in and go beyond. I would recommend them to anyone, regardless if you were in business school or not, to take part in. But there are also an added bonus for MBA students as well, which can be great not only for learning, but also for, for networking and recruiting. And then the other thing I would just add, and I know you've done this a little bit too, is just around just building your own thing right? Taking on building your own product, whatever, however you want to go and define that. And yeah. the cool thing about that is 
that you can align it to something you're genuinely interested in and excited. And I think particularly sometimes I know some people don't love the idea of networking and they just have to get themselves up to do it because they understand the value of it. But at least with building your own thing, like you can you can do whatever you want with that, right? Like that can be something you can get excited. I, I think that's a fantastic suggestion. And, and let me just add one thing to that because sometimes I get a lot of people who reach out to me and say, hey, wh what should I build? What should I do? And it's not about some PMs like myself telling you, hey, you go and build this, but it's more about you find the problem. And, and let me just make the distinction there is, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things that you can find in your school or even in the tech club that it will be interesting. It will be, hey, it will be amazing. We have this or that. But it's not about building the product, the app, the whatever you build is the least important thing of the whole process. What you want to show, what you want to do to, to tell companies out there, hey, I'm an MBA student and I built this, but I built it as a product manager. You have to understand the process of what PMs do. You want to talk to users, interview them, find the pain points, understand competitors, market, features, prioritization, metrics, do some uh, mock-ups, get feedback. You want to do the whole thing, document everything, not just build the product because for PMs, we don't build. We bring the team together to build a product and we do it with evidence, with data. So definitely for those uh, creative minds out there that want to build something, do it. But again, the product is the least important thing of the entire process. I love how you brought that up. And I think you're totally right. And at the end of the day, it really is about building those skills and capabilities that would make someone say, oh, this person has what it takes uh, to be a really effective and really great product manager or anything else, any other role for that exactly for, for that matter for sure okay so one of the things i want to talk to you about because i know that you've seen this firsthand having recruited for product management but also i'm sure having done interviews whether real or informational um, what are some of the common mistakes mba students make who are recruiting for product management either internships or full-time opportunities yeah i think one of the biggest mistakes is that either people come very underprepared or overprepared. And in product management, mm. I, I'm, I'm assuming that's going to be the same for everything else, but I'll focus on the typical product case questions and I'll explain why. But coming underprepared or overprepared is the most common mistake that I've seen. Uh, product case questions are the typical, how would you improve XYZ product? How would you design you know, a product for this segment? Uh, pick a, a product from a company, say Google, how would you improve Google Maps? Th those are the kind of questions that I'm talking about. The people that come underprepared, they basically, when you ask them a question, hey, how would you improve Google Maps? The first thing that they do is they start saying, oh, that, that's a great question. Here's how I would improve it. I have these three features in mind, and then they just run with the prompt. And that's a big problem because as a PM, you don't improve based on how you're feeling that morning. You improve based on how the users think and what the pain points for the user, what's the goal. And so it, there's just so much material out there to understand these case questions. A little bit like consulting in the sense that there's a process but it's not about the framework. It's how you solve the problem. It's the same thing in product management. And then there are those who come over-prepared. And are the, those are the ones who practice probably 200 times, 200 cases. So when they come to the interview, they actually sound like robots. And they're like, sure, Google Maps. All right, perfect. So here's the goal. This is what I'm thinking about. And now I'm thinking about the users. For the users, I'm going to divide into three segments. And I've seen those. I think I've seen both extremes. That's the most common problem or the most common pitfall that I've seen. And the second one... Uh, and it's very common, and it's also part of this MBA craziness that people don't understand what product managers do. They can be amazing doing case questions. But when you start digging into their stories, into why did you want to become a PM, they actually don't have a good answer. And that's crucial because 
if in an MBA, you're applying to a lot of different roles in different companies. And if I'm an interviewer and I need to bring, say, five people or two people or whatever amount of people into second round on-site interviews or, or even the, for the full time, and I'm not convinced that you really know what PM is, that you really want to be a PM, even if your case was amazing, I'm probably not going to give you the offer because I have other great candidates who maybe their case was not as good as yours, but they actually know much more about the role. They have all the experiences to show that they have the transferable skills. So don't focus just on the product case question. Uh, I think that's the second most common mistake that I've seen. I Thank you for sharing those. I think those make a ton of sense. Maybe just to make this real, could you maybe share an experience of a really exceptional interview you did uh, of a candidate or maybe just talk a little bit about what stood out about them just to help people really see and delineate what makes someone really great versus maybe someone who didn't do as well? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I get a lot of responses about one of the questions that you're going to get, one of the first questions you're going to get in, in almost any interview, if you don't have the PM experience prior to MBA, which is the majority of us, you're going to get the question that is, why do you want to become a product manager? And the majority of times I hear answers such as, oh, I want to become a PM because I think it's a really great job. I am looking forward to collaborating with engineers and designers and finance and just being the function, the force, some of the CEO of this product that I can drive to market. That tells me that you read a ton of books. And I know it sounds like a very rehearsed, improvised answer, but in reality, that's a that's an answer that I get that is very common. That tells me nothing about you. That tells me nothing about why you can be a great product manager at my company. On the opposite side, I've seen great answers when they where they tell me, oh, hey, I want to be a product manager. And here's why. In my previous role, one of the things that I did is I was actually in... It, I'm going to use myself as an example. In the consulting firm, one of the things that I did was I had to bring together engineering, design, and the customer team. And I was in the middle. I was the one who was bringing the team together to create a solution. So I had to deal with not only the ambiguity of working you know, in with different teams, making sure that the project was delineated, making sure that we had a good process to document everything. And so I, I do bring that experience. Another example is that when talking with customers, and I would just continue talking about my experience and how those skills would be transferable into product management. So that's one way to understand a little bit more of the good answer versus bad answer. And then the, the other quick example that I can share is that in the product case questions, a lot of times people worry too much about the framework and it's never about the framework. So a really bad answer is when I hear people say, for example, I ask you, hey, how would you design, say, for example, a fridge for somebody who is in a wheelchair? And the first thing that candidates do is they think of a framework, they refer to the framework, and they try to make sure that the whole framework fits in the problem. So they start talking about, okay, perfect. So let's brainstorm, let's brainstorm users. So we have people in wheelchair, and then we have people in wheelchair with dogs, and then we have people in wheelchair who live alone. And, and when you try to fit a framework in, in, in a prompt like this, it just becomes awkward. You have to make it a little bit more natural. And so that's a bad answer versus a good answer is understanding, okay, hold on, before we jump into users, why are we designing this type of fridge? What kind of company are we? Do we is this our first fridge that we designed for this segment? So just taking a step back, breathing, understanding the problem makes a huge difference. Those are two examples of the you know, good answer versus bad answer.
Thank you for sharing that. And I think that gives some really great insight into what overprepared, underprepared, as well as really genuine, thoughtful answers really look like. So I want to talk uh, a little bit about you've obviously you're super excited, super passionate about product management, but you've got into a lot of thought leadership and content just around this topic, most notably just through blogging, some videos and other forms of content creation. So how did you get into this and, and what's what's the experience been like for you? It's been a fantastic journey. I would start with that. And how did I get started? 2020, more around the summer when things were really getting really bad with, with this whole COVID situation, I saw a post on LinkedIn that, that there was this group called Help Your Peers who, who was offering sort of like a group, a support group where product managers who wanted to volunteer their time could help product managers who were going to lose their job because of COVID. So I volunteered and I mentored a couple of uh, PMs who who were in that zone where they were about to lose their work. So I just helped them with resume and, and mock interviews and, and what's not. The last session that I did with this, with this group, Help Your Peers, was actually to a group of students. They asked me to make a presentation about what is product management and all that. And I did the presentation and it turns out that the group of students, after the presentation, all of them reached out to me through LinkedIn for one-on-one -on -one sessions. And I just couldn't handle the volume, the amount of calls that I had to make. And I was repeating the same information all over again. Uh, I couldn't scale that. I, I couldn't keep it up. And that's when I decided, all right, let me see if I can maybe create an article and just share it whenever somebody asks me what is product management and what, I, what I'm working on. I tried recording an audio podcast, but it was definitely not for me. And I said, let me try a video. And if people like the video, then I'll make a second video. And if people like the second video, I'll make a third video. And now at the time of recording this, I think I have something around 35 videos because people have liked them so far. So that's what got me started. And what's really exciting about this is that I love helping others. I'm glad that people find my content useful and that they, it has helped them to land jobs, land interviews. And that's amazing. To me, I have connected with so many incredible people, yourself included. And that to me is the, the best experience ever, is just connecting with other professionals or even just other people that I've made a, great, a lot of great friends actually through these projects just by posting content and, and by creating videos. Uh, that's great. And I'm so glad you're able to have that form just out of volunteering, just to spend some time with a, a group online. That's lovely how you were able to take that opportunity and how it's morphed and really its own, this own kind of thing for you, which is, is really wonderful. I'm um, curious to know, because you're so immersed in the product management world, what are your, some of your favorite product management resources? This is a question that I get a lot from folks. So I would love to know from you, what do you either, what do you typically share with others or what do you use yourself? Yeah. So I think the best resource is, and you, you mentioned it briefly a little bit ago, is finding those groups, finding those support groups, because you're not alone trying to break into product management. And just because, say, another thousand people are looking for product management jobs, that doesn't mean that you're, you're out of the competition. You're not going to get a job in product management. There's nothing like a support group because they're going to not only help you with more resources, but either practicing with for mock interviews. So definitely join a, a ton of groups. Product Bots is, is one of the, the ones that I've seen that is more active when it comes to students, both MBA, but also college students and, and some early entries into PM. PM Mastermind is another one that, that I've seen in LinkedIn growing. I'm also part of it. And it's just a group of PMs helping others break into PM or with day-to-day -day PM thing. Those are like the two big groups. 
Now, when it comes to videos and articles and books and all that, here's my advice. And I can recommend, for example, Cracking the PM Interview. I think it's a classic one. I think it's something that everybody who's just starting their journey into PM should read. And I think we've all read it at some point. But here's my advice more than, hey, here's a collection of 20 resources. My advice is pick five resources, six if you want, and stick with those. Because what's going to happen is, it, I think it's fantastic that we see this explosion of resources, but what is happening is that people get overwhelmed. And if people get overwhelmed, they end up doing absolutely nothing. So instead of going crazy with, oh, this resource is better, this, that resource is better, in the end, we're all sending a similar message. So for example, if you like my style, and I hope that I can help you in the journey, but if you don't like my style, then go to another, say, for example, blogger or YouTuber, and we're going to, I promise you that we're going to say very similar things. Because... There is no magic behind breaking into product management. There is no secret sauce. It's about work, consistency, building side projects. And we tell the story in a different way. So pick the authors, pick the writers, pick the bloggers that you like the most and stick with them. There's nothing extra. There's no extra sauce in here. We're all sending a similar message. Thanks for sharing those. I love the examples you gave. I'm a big fan of both Product Buds and the PM Mastermind. I've definitely participated in, in both. So I think those are great. And I love your point just about you know, find someone that resonates with you and can speak in a language that kind of communicates best with you. I think that's I think that's you know spot on. Diego, thank you so much for joining me today, for sharing your journey, uh, sharing a little bit more about product management, really MBAs who are considering this as an opportunity. If people want to engage with you further or they want to check out some of your videos or things, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. I would say connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, just find me as Diego Granados. And then everywhere else, you can find me as PM Diego or PM Diego Granados, my website, pmdiego.com. I have a newsletter, which is in Substack, same PM Diego and YouTube PM Diego. Hopefully easy to find. <laughs> That's great. Diego Granados, thank you so much for joining. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.